God really just wants to speak something very simple today. Very simple. Very simple. You won't be impressed by the, by the eloquence of a, of a message today. But if you will get this, I believe this is from the heart of God this morning. Yeah. Amen. 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 The joy of Jesus is what we want to talk about this morning. The joy of Jesus. So let me pray. If you got your Bibles, would you go with me to Acts 1, 3 through 4. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for every person in this house today, Father. I was glad when they said unto me, come let us go into the house of the Lord. And Father, I just thank you, God, that your presence is already here. It's evident, Lord, not only uh, it, do, do we feel such your presence in this place with the way people worship, but God, I know that believers that are in this place carried you with them, God. You came, you live inside of us, God. And uh, Father, so uh, you are here. You are here, and uh, we are thankful. We are thankful that we don't have to go. Lord, today at sundown in Israel, God, we're coming into Yom Kippur, God, the time when, when uh, God, uh, the, the, the high priest would go, Lord, into that temple that was in that hill, on that hill in Jerusalem, God. And everybody looked to that temple, and everybody went to that place carrying their, their, their sacrifice, God, hoping that God once again would receive the atonement for their sin, God. But the problem as bulls and goats can never satisfy and every year the conscience God and the, the conviction and the guilt of the conscience but God you had a day planned before the foundation of the world when God your son would come and he would be the lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world God and this final high priest would go once and for all one time into the most holy place and sprinkle and offer his blood on behalf of the human race God and Father that blood would be powerful enough to wash every sin away. That power, that, that blood would be powerful enough to take the guilt of our conscience away, God. That power, God, of that blood would be able to reach to the lowest of lowest places and to the highest of highest of places, God, and it would be able to go and wash away our guilt and our stain and our sin. Though our sin be a scarlet, your word promises, I'll wash it whiter than snow, God. And all who put their faith and trust and belief in that, God, and receive that atonement for their life, God. They're changed, they're washed, they're white as snow, God. Like Daniel taught this past week, like when Naaman came out the seventh time out of that water, his skin was like a baby skin, and it was just, just absolutely clean. And God, I know in 1994, God, that happened in my life, and I've never been the same again, and I'm so grateful, God. And it can happen for somebody here today, God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is that flow. God, oh, precious is that blood. God, it washes, it washes white as snow, God. Let somebody believe that, God. I cannot make or convince or scream loud enough or God talk quiet enough. God, there's nothing I can do to change a soul. But God, your word, God, through the preaching of your word, through the spirit, uh, God, uh, uh, God, testifying of that word, God, people, People's lives can be transformed just like mine was at one time, God. Lord, be here today. God, resurrect lives and hearts, God. Transform people in this place today, God. Change us 
from the inside out and make us different creations in Jesus Christ. Let old things be passed away and behold, let all things become new, God. Lord, if there's somebody here that's discouraged today, God, oh, I pray they find the joy in Jesus Christ, God. I pray that if there's somebody here, God, that the accuser has been lying to, God, that they would just return to the joy of Jesus, God, today, Lord God. I pray that they would return to the table of the Lord and do table time with you, God. Once again, Father, we praise you. We give you the honor and the praise and the glory in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Acts chapter 1, and if you got your Bibles, uh, you can be there, or let's look at the screen. I'm actually going to read this. Something I rarely do is read out of the Amplified version, but I want to read these first four chapters out of the Amplified, and I want you to see something. It says, the first account I made, Theophilus, was a continuous report about all the things that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he ascended into heaven after he had been by, after he had by the Holy Spirit given instruction to the apostles or the special messengers that he had, uh, whom he had chosen, and then look at verse three. To these men he also showed himself alive after his suffering in Gethsemane and on the cross by a series of many infallible proofs and unquestionable demonstrations, appearing to them over a period of forty days talking to them about the things concerning the kingdom of God while being together and eating. While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. And what what stood out and what jumped off the page is while being together and eating... And I want to talk to you today not only about the joy of Jesus, but I want to talk to you about something that I heard a preacher introduce me to called table time with Jesus. Table time with Jesus. And while being together and eating with them. And while being together and eating with them. Jesus is with his disciples. He's there with them, and he's beginning to show himself, as we said, with these uh, about uh, alive after his sufferings by these uh, uh, convincing demonstrations. And he's there while being in their company, eating with them. And he and and he says something to him to them. And he's beginning to minister uh, to them, even though there's a world out there that needs to be saved. Even though there's a world out there that needs to be, the gospel needs to go out to, I love the fact that Jesus' joy was not only going out to reach a lost world, which we focus on many times here, but the, but the reality was Jesus' greatest joy was sitting with them, eating, having table time with His disciples right here and right there. And that's something that I want to talk to you about, the joy of Jesus and about having table time with us while being in their company, while eating with them, even though there was a world to reach, even though there was work to do for the kingdom of God. His chief joy was being in communion with his disciples. It was breaking bread. It was having table time with them. Just like yes, like having table time as I love growing up around my table at home and my family gathered together and we ate dinner together and we laughed at that table and we talked at that table and now our family's growing and we're continuing that to, to do that 
even today where we have table time together and we just it's just like relaxing. It's just a, a joy to gather around the table and just to begin to talk and to fellowship with one another. And that's what Jesus is doing here and what He is absolutely wanting to do with His disciples. He, he's saying things like, or, or we know He says things to us like, I want to powerfully do something in your life, disciples. I want to I I reach the world through you. I want to baptize you with my spirit. I want you to become the church of the living God. I want you to go out and do great exploits in my name. But more than anything in that, my greatest joy is being in relationship with you. It's being in fellowship with you. It's sitting at the table with you. Look at what Luke 10, 20 says. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are are written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. I've anointed you. I want to see miracles out of your life. But don't let that be your greatest joy. Let the greatest joy in your life be a relationship with me. That's what he's saying. Hey, I know you can preach Daniel. I know you can teach Margaret. But that don't let that be the greatest joy. I know demons are subject to you. I know when you go out and lay hands on people that things really happen. But don't let that be your greatest joy. Let the greatest joy in your life be the fact that I want to be with you. Destroying the works of darkness is temporary. It's temporary. It's on this side of eternity. Relationship with me is eternal. It's forever. It's forever. It's forever and ever and ever. Always remember I love my table time with you. Always remember that I love that. That's what God's been calling me back to. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be honest. The last probably three years of my life, I feel like have just been robbed of intimacy with Jesus. I'm just going to be totally real. And I feel like God is just saying, I mean, I, my job demand has, got, has increased to where I go to a computer before work stops, and a lot of times I don't come off till after work stops. Used to, I, I would get up earlier and try to get table time with Jesus, and, and, and I would try to get in that time. Many times now, the emails start flying, the texts start flying, And I get robbed of that time and I think I'll do it in the middle of the day at lunch and I don't get a lunch. I'll do it at the end of the day. And when I log off that computer at night, my eyes are crossed. They're bloodshot. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I can barely stand up. And I'm telling you, the enemy is out to steal and kill and destroy. And then you know what? Secondary to that that I begin to do, then Sunday's drawing near. And i got to get a sermon ready. So all my table time turns into studying for messages. What do you want to preach? What do you want me to preach? Listening to sermons. All these things crowding in. And God has just been saying, Brad, Brad, I desire table time with you. I desire table time with you. I I want want to be with you. I want to, to be in fellowship with you. I want to be, it's good that you're going to go out and preach. It's good that you're going to go on the internet and people may hear this and their lives be changed. That's wonderful. But, but, but what's more important to me is my time with you, Brad. I want to be in fellowship with you. I want to you to come to my table. I want to sit and I want to talk with you. I want to fellowship with you. So let me tell you what. 
fellowship, what table time is with Jesus. And this is what he's calling me to. And I hope this is what he'll call you to. And I hope this week we will begin to do a better job of this. Uh, as much as I want to do ministry here out of this church. And I want us all to be involved in that more than anything. I want us not to let all of that crowd out this. Jesus wants you at his table. So first of all, let me tell you what table time is not. Let me tell you what table time is not. Number one, table time is not a deep study in the Word. Get all the religious folks upset here. Table time is not a deep study in the Word. It's not a time of conviction and repentance. It's not a time of telling Jesus how sorry I am for all of my, the mistakes that I've made. Because, see, sadly, that's what much of my prayer life turns into. And it robs all of my devotion with the Lord of me telling Him constantly and over and over how sorry I am for not reading enough this week. How sorry I am not for not praying enough this week. How sorry I am for not uh, witnessing enough this week. And before long, half of that little bit of time of devotion that I have for the Lord, of pouring out devotion and pouring out adoration on Jesus, turns into a confession time of all the wrong in my life and all the failures in my life. Listen, there is a place and time for that. That type of confession. There's a place and time for you to do that. But table time with Jesus, the Lord is teaching me, is not the time and the place where you do it. It's not a time of telling Jesus how sorry you are for the mistakes. It's not a time of mourning over your failure. Because we can get so consumed with our failures that it devours our entire devotion time. And, and, and that's not what table time is about with Jesus Christ. So what is table time? It's two things. And then at the end of this service... We're going to enjoy just a little bit of table time with him. We're going to enjoy this with him today. What is table time with Jesus? It's two things. Number one, first it's a time of reflecting upon the great delight and pleasure that God has in you. Just basking and thanking him for the joy that he, that he has in my life. That, that's, that's number one, what table time is. It's going into the presence of Jesus and just reflecting on the delight light that God has in you, that he has in Brad Lindsay, the fact that now that I've come to him, now that I am washed in the blood of the Lamb, now that I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ, now he wants me to come to him and he wants to know how much he delights, what kind of pleasure he takes in his son and in his daughter. Let me give you a few examples if you don't believe me. Oh God, I thank you that you celebrate my life. That could be something that we could go into table time and we could go before him and say, oh God, I thank you that you celebrate my life. And you can take that from Luke 15, 25, one of my favorite passages in all of Scripture. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Oh God, I thank you that you celebrate my life. Oh God, I thank you that I once was dead in my trespasses and sins, but when I came to you, and when I got washed in the blood, you struck up the band, and and you sing a song over me. You play the music for me. You delight that your son was once dead. But now he's alive forevermore. Thank you Jesus that you celebrate my life. 
Hallelujah. Some of you don't look like you believe that He celebrates your life. But my goodness, if you've come to Jesus for the cleansing power and you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, He celebrates the life that He has given you. It's eternal life. Amen. You're not going to hell anymore. You're not bound. You're not still in the pig's pen. You've been washed. You've been clean. And you've been sanctified. And you are changed forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. Table time could be also, oh, thank you, God, that you joyfully sing over my life. Zephaniah 3.17 says that He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rejoice over you with joy. Over His son, over His daughter. My goodness, I'm a grandfather now. I thought everybody was lying to me. My goodness, they are joyful. They are incredible. They are incredible. I mean, my kids were incredible. But they are incredible. You joy over them. You look at them. You see your kids. You see yourself. You see your, 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 uh, your daughter-in-law and their family. And you just joy and delight begins to rise up in you. And Jesus looks at us and folks, I'm telling you, He he just absolutely celebrates our life. He joyfully sings over us. Look at Isaiah 62 5. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Oh God, I just thank you that you joyfully sing over my life. Zephaniah. 3 and 17 says that He will joy over you with singing. With singing. Oh God, you could say at table time, I thank you that you love me with the love that is forever. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting. Your boyfriend, your husband, it stopped at some point. But God's love, He says, over you is everlasting. It's never going to end. It's going to be forever and forever and forever. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you with my loving kindness. Come on, He's not mad at us anymore. His Son came and became the mediator. He came and paid the payment for us so that no matter how big of a scoundrel we are, with His loving kindness, He draws us this morning. He draws you to Him. And when you receive that love, when you receive that mercy, when you receive that atonement, then He delights in you. He sings over you. He joys over you. And I thank God, I thank God that of this one that we can say, the precious, wonderful, thoughts that he thinks towards me are so many that they cannot be counted. Listen to what he says in Psalms 139.17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast are the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the sand on the seashore. Amen? Hallelujah. What is table time with Jesus? It's time where I just soak up his pleasure and his delight in me. Hmm. Some of us have trouble with that. My mom, this is not knocking my mom. I told you a few weeks ago something happened to me in Poland when a man, I was talking with him about some of my troubles and struggles with pornography and things that in the past that God had to get victory over my life. And I was talking to him, and I was talking about my parents' divorce and some hurts and some things going on in my life. I couldn't get past. I was still angry and holding on and and hurt. And I was given a lot of the blame was being directed towards my dad, which, thank God, is no longer. And I realized how foolish I was. 
But he said he began to ask me about my mom. And my mom, when I was born, was really depressed. And gone through a really depressing time. And I don't, I don't know a lot. I was a baby. I don't remember. <laughs> but, but going through a lot of stuff. And he said, tell me about your mom. And I told him about her being depressed. And man, he mentioned something about not being nurtured as a baby and, and in those early years. And man, it was like the Lord just shot an arrow in my heart. And man, I just started weeping. Like realizing that I did not have something I needed and desired was not there. And it just made sense why I craved this intimacy that I never had. Why it was just like this, this oh, craving these things that were there. And it just, it just, and, I, and I, when I read this, I've had trouble. This has been the trouble of my life of, 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 of going to table time and not saying, God, I was really, really terrible today. God, I was really bad. But when you go to here and go, it's hard for Brad Lindsay to go to the table of the Lord and think, He delights in me. I'm His pleasure. I'm His pleasure. And God's just saying, Brad, I want you to come to my table. And I want you to soak up the fact of I delight in you. And I, and I, I think about how I, I, I think I did that with my sons. And I think I do that. I know I do that now with my granddaughter. But I, but I, but I think now I want to I really recognize that if I, being an evil father, do that, how much more would, does my heavenly father do that over me? And I want to just go to the table and I want to just sit there and I just want to have table time with him in the days ahead where I'll just soak up the fact of his pleasure and delight in me and that if I want to meditate on verses like that psalm where it says it, that, 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 that he thinks about me more than the sands of the seashore I mean I can't even fathom that I can't even fathom that somebody would do that. But that, that's a time of table time where we just soak up the pleasure. We allow the Lord to rejoice over us. We allow Him to sing over us. We allow Him to dance over us, to rejoice over us. So that's what table time is, number one. Table time, number two, I told you this is going to be simple and it's going to be quick. Number two, it's a time of reflecting on the simplicity that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Hallelujah. And I believe there are people God in this room wants to draw towards table time. I believe He wants to draw you towards this in the future. I believe He wants to just let Jesus love on you and just let Jesus sing over you and, and, and just let Him, him uh, where, where you quit mourning over all your failures and you quit mourning over all your mistakes and you just let Jesus come and love on you. I'm not talking about a game player. I'm not talking about somebody here that doesn't know God. I'm talking about honest, sincere hearts here that love God. They love God and they want to serve God faithfully, but they continuously go into the place of intimacy with God and they continually are reminded of their mistakes and their failures when Jesus Christ just wants to love on you in that place of intimacy and in that table. And somebody would say, Pastor Brad, that's not always easy because there's battles of the mind that are so difficult and they're there. And I get that because I've fought 
fought these battles for years, years, and I still fight them. But I'm going to give you a place where I think we can defeat this today. And this is what we're going to spend our altar time. We're going to allow God to come in and to, and to just destroy the lies of the accuser today. Look at John 12 with me. And I want you to go to a passage of Scripture that is, we're going to close out with that I think is going to help us today with understanding the joy of Jesus and table time. John 12, 1 says, Six days before Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was. And this is what your table time is going to look like in the days ahead. This is what your devotion, this is what I remember my devotion being like when I first came to the Lord. And this is where over the years, sometimes in and out, ministry and other things began to rob this. But this is what we're after right here. Look at this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining or sitting with him at table time. Right? Lazarus is reclining with Jesus at the table. Table time with Jesus. And I want you to look at verse 3 because this is the intimate picture of what takes place at table time. Mary therefore took and poured an expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with this fragrance of perfume. This is the beauty of table time. This is where you pour out your adoration. This is where you pour out your, your, your adoration to the Lord. This is where you pour out your devotion to the Lord. This is where you pour it out on the feet of Jesus. You just open your heart and it's like this perfume feeling, filling the room. This pouring out your affections upon Jesus, your devotion upon Him, pouring out your gratefulness upon Him. But we see a problem that comes. It's beautiful table time. Beautiful devotion of what God is after what God's trying to get in, in his relationship with us this beautiful place where we come and recline at the table and we're enjoying him and he's enjoying us and we are joy he's joying over us and we begin to pour out our affection on him we open up our heart and we worship him and it's just a beautiful fragrance filling the room until verse 4 and I want you to look at 4 but Judas Iscariot one of his disciples the one who would betray him said why was this ointment not so for 300 denarii and given to the poor. And he said this, but not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having chained charge of the money bag that he uh, used himself, uh, that he used to help himself to uh, what was put in it. So, so, so she's worshiping and she's pouring out her heart. She's pouring out her devotion. It's like a sweet fragrance. It's like a, a perfume. But in the middle of her, perf- of her devotion, the accuser comes and invades her worship. And how many know that's exactly what begins to happen when you go into a time of table time with Jesus? All of a sudden now, the accuser begins to come into the room and invade the worship. He wants to, he wants to steal your devotion with Jesus. He wants to rob this time, uh, this, this beauty of this time with Jesus that they're wanting to have. This time where Jesus is saying, just come to me in a beautiful way and let's just sit together. Let's just sup together. Let's just hang out 
together. But all of a sudden, the enemy comes in there and he wants to rob this devotion. He wants to rob this intimacy and this time. And he's coming to kill this. And here's what he does. Here's what he comes. He comes, the condemner comes with an argument. And do you see the argument that is here? It's found in verse 5. Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Do you see the argument? You haven't given enough. You haven't given enough. He's coming to kill the beauty of this time. He's coming, and, and I've lived under that voice for years and years and years, and that's why I know that voice. I know the voice of the condemner. I know it. You haven't given enough of your heart, Brad. You haven't given enough. You haven't given enough time in studying. You haven't given enough in prayer. You haven't given enough in money. You haven't given enough in witnessing. You haven't given enough of your life. You have not given enough of yourself. You have not given enough of your will. You are not living sacrificial life that Jesus has called His people to. There is more to surrender, Brad, and you have not gotten to that place there. You are not giving it your all. And that's what the thief comes to into your devotion life trying to do. He comes in trying to accuse you and to bring this into your life. But I'm glad to tell you here that there's something found, a little nugget in this scripture where Jesus does not leave Mary in this horrible, wretched, miserable place. Look at verse 7. Jesus said, leave her alone. And that's where we're going to stop. We're not going to read the rest of it. Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. Jesus spoke with such authority that the accuser had to leave. He shut the devil's mouth. He shut his mouth. He, he, some of us will, will never hear the audible voice of Jesus saying, leave him alone. Leave her alone. But I tell you what we do have. We have the Holy Spirit. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And where he sits there uh, and, 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 he's, and he's crowned in glory. But I'm here to tell you, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of me now. And the Holy Spirit is right here inside of me training me to stand on on the authority of the Word of God and the enemy comes in like a flood and I think the Lord allows the enemy to come in to attack, to train us to stand upon the Word of God to where we come to a place and we say, let him alone, let her alone, let this one alone. No more we're going to live and hear your lies, devil, amen. We pick up the Word and we learn to fight the fight of faith. We learn to fight against the schemes and the wiles of the the devil and we learn how to stand in the authority of God's word. My word has gone forth. My power of my word has gone forth and now by my spirit I want you to do something. Amen. Obey the word of the Lord. Father we love you God. We love you God. We praise you. We praise you God for your word. I don't know uh, uh, but, but God there's people here and they're living under the voice of the condemner. The voice that says you're not good enough. The voice that says we're not pleasing enough. The vo voice that says we're not holy enough. A voice that, Lord, that is trying to constantly steal and condemn and to steal our table time with you, to steal our devotion life with you, God. And, and it's hard to have joy. It's hard to have joy when I feel unpleasing to the 
Lord. God, I'm going to say that again. It's hard to have joy when I feel unpleasing to the Lord. And God, if there's people in this room today, God, that they feel unpleasing to the Lord, God. Oh, God, I pray they'll hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today. Say, leave her alone. Leave him alone in the name of Jesus. Leave them alone. I'm not enough. Leave them alone. I got to do more. I got I to gotta give more. I got to serve more. I got to do this. I got to do that. Leave her alone. Leave him alone. My delight is here. We're going to win the world, but this matters to me. I'm going to do things through them, but that's temporal. This right here is eternal. I want a relationship with my people. I joy, I joy, my delight is this. It's being with my children. Oh, Lord, the condemner is trying to steal our joy with Jesus. But you're breaking the voice of the condemner in this room today, I believe. You are going to break the voice of the condemner in this place today as we worship God. There was a, there was a pastor that was um, struggling in this area. And he said he had this dream. He was surrounded by this mob of hostile people. And they were just, they were just speaking all kind of vile and malicious things. To the, I mean, he was just hearing it with this mob around him. And he said he just stood in the middle of these voices and he closed his eyes and he began to raise his hands toward heaven and he began to, he began to worship and he began to sing love songs to the Lord. But the thing is, he could still hear those voices around even while he was trying to tune them out and worship the Lord and, and, and it was having some success. But all of a sudden, he opened his eyes and he looked up into the clouds and all of a sudden in his dream, he saw this man in the clouds and he felt as though that that man was representative of, the, of, of God and the man was just smiling down upon him as though he delighted in him and as though he was pleased with him Nana. and he said all of a sudden when he felt the father's delight when he felt the father joying over him when he felt the father singing over him all of a sudden Daniel he could no longer hear the mob around him he could hear nothing but he could only focus on the delight of the father that the father had over him my friend my, my people here this morning, I'm here to tell you the, the voices suddenly lose their power when we feel the delight and pleasure of Almighty God in our lives. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, is my strength. His joy over you is your strength. We're going to pray and I don't really even know how to do an altar call, but I know this. I know God wants to break the voice of the condemner. And the altar call is for those who live under this condemning voice. And He wants to break that. And I believe in our worship time today when we play a couple of songs. And maybe we'll end with like C.C. Winans, I got joy, I got Jesus or something, y'all or them or something. But first, whatever Lord lays. But I, I want to just take a moment and I want, us to, I want us to just worship and have a few minutes of table time with Jesus. Where you are or here, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and Messiah, He loves you. 
He loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And you can have relationship with Him simply by acknowledging that, 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 that you are a sinner. And that you have called, fallen short of the glory of God. And you need a Savior. And He wants to be the Savior of your life. And you come to Him and believe on the Lord Jesus that He died, that He was buried, and that He rose from the dead. And then you confess Him as Lord and Savior of your life. And He will save you. And He will, he will, he will bring you into fellowship with Him. And that's what he deeply wants. But for those that are in fellowship and maybe you've been robbed of this table time and maybe you come in and the accuser is constantly there just like he was with Mary, accusing like, like, like he was there saying, this, this, this is so costly what you're pouring out. It's so, you could, have, you could have used this, you could have used this time that you've spent with the master. You could have been out there in the mission field. You could have been saving the world. You could have been doing all these other things. And he said, Stop it! Shut up, devil. This right here is costly. This is the most costly thing she can do is come to me and talk with me and be intimate with me. So, Father, Father, while we worship, destroy the lie of the enemy and let the Holy Spirit bear witness to the Word of God. Of God, Let people look up in, in the clouds and see the delight of the Father in them. And, re- and let the voice of all the enemy be drowned out. And let it be our time with you, God. You delight in this. You long for this, God. Just like that opening passage of Scripture where you were with the disciples there, Lord. And we said, all of a sudden, while being in their company and eating with them. And eating with them. And eating with them. Oh, Lord, just just let us sit with you at the table for a few minutes in this church. Let us just sit here at your feet and just spend time with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.